to Totalus Rankium. This week, Glycerius! Hello and welcome to Roman Empress Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. Oh no, that's really sad. We're getting near the end. Oh, is that why you're sad? Yeah. There's more to come, don't okay. worry. But who are you and why are you here? And I'm Rob, ranking all the emperors from Augustus to Augustus. And this is episode 83. It's Glycerius. Oh, man. We're getting we're getting near the end. We are. But don't worry. We saved some of the best or last. That's a lie. I was going to say. <laughs> don't believe you. Yes, we are, we're releasing two episodes this week. Which gives you an idea, I guess, of how <laughs> yes. bad they're going to be. Exactly. So, quick recap, Rickmer's dead. Ah, oh, do you know, I, last night I was thinking, oh, it'd be fun to hear more about Rickmer, then it dawned on me, oh, oh he's, he's dead. It's like grief, you're just reliving it over and over I know. again. That's why I kept listening to the episode. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit sad, though, it's a bit like that one last recorded phone message you've got. Oh. Just got an image of you just replaying Rickmer's last moments over and over again in your bedroom. You just going, and he died, and he died, and he died. And he does. And it just keeps zooming into your face. Yeah. To one solitary tear that trickles. So anyway, he's dead. Yeah. Get over it. Olibrius is dead. Yeah. Didn't care about him though, did you? Who? No. But before he died, he had promoted Gundabad. Gundabad. Rickamer's nephew. Mm. So there you go. That's the recap for this week. Okay. Yeah. So who is Glycerius? No idea. Well, we did mention him last week. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I briefly mentioned him once. I don't think I even told you to put a box around his name, so there's no way you would remember him. Nope. No. Well, if you remember, Rickmer died, and the only other thing of note that Alibrius did that we have a record of, apart from promote Gundabad, was to promote a man named Glycerius to the head of the Imperial Guard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the old Praetorian Guard, I guess. Yeah. But not called that. Yes, exactly, just like that. Let's go into the early life of Glycerius here. We know nothing of his early life. Ah. Yes. He may have been born around 420, making him around 50 at this point in our narrative, but he could have been younger, or he could have been older. That's good. So he's born at some point, and he's a certain age. Either above or below 50. Possibly 50. Okay. Yeah. Good. Are you starting to form a picture of him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very clear image now. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, we figure, a well-used phrase in academia, that is, yeah. uh, we, we figure he joined the army at some point, and uh, okay. you guessed it. R- rose through the ranks. Rose through the ranks, until he was leading some troops in Dalmatia. See, their, their sensible guesses about his life really make sense, don't they, in a way? He'd have to rise through the ranks to become the leader of the troops, right? Yeah, you see? It's, it's not pulled out the ether, this stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's... It, I guess it's sort of, yeah, you've got to look at the, well, what's likely. It's a likelihood of things. Yeah. It's more likely he did this than lead the uh, Russian ballet troupe. Yeah. Or yeah. was a, a chef that specialised in omelettes. Exactly. So I think we're on to a winner here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. Right. Him working in the Danube area might possibly mean that he had a link to Marcellinus, remember, the uh, general mm-hmm. that Rickmer killed off last week? Yeah. This is unlikely, though, based on allegiances that happen later on. Okay. But who knows? John, most of my notes have question marks after them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> okay. At some point, he finds himself in Italy, and he is promoted to head of the Imperial Guard. That okay. we do know. So you don't need to put a question mark on that. 
which is nice. Yeah. Viserys has one job. Keep the Emperor from dying. Ah. Olivius dies shortly afterwards. <laughs> Ooh. 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 What are you thinking? He had nothing to do with it. Yes, he had nothing to do with it whatsoever. As far as why he died. <laughs> he should have been here. <laughs> You've really been slacking. Yeah, we, we just don't know. I mean, as we covered last week, we really didn't know much about Olivrius. Uh, but we, as far as we can tell, Glycerius was not involved in Olivrius' murder. It seems that he just died naturally of yep. dropsy, as mentioned last week. Yeah. Unless Glycerius was injecting him full of water each night to swell Whoa. him up. Oh, like a yeah. big blueberry. Yes, like in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Violet, Beauregard. Yeah, is. yeah. Well, what they do to raisins, turn them into grapes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Maybe he worked on one of those grape farms where they turn raisin raisins farms. into grapes. Raisin farm. Are they called? But no, you're making the grapes out of the raisins, so it's a grape farm. Oh, so you're farming it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So, yeah, he got one of those raisin injectors, stuck it into Olivia's face. This is going to be a ridiculous episode, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. We are filling time. <laughs> we are filling time. <laughs> anyway, so Olivia's is dead. And this leaves the West in a precarious situation. Ricimer had rebelled against Leo's emperor Anthemius. Mm, yes. And won. Ooh. Yes, Ricimer wins and puts his puppet emperor, Olibrius, in charge. Nice. This could have been seen by some in the East as a deed that needed to be punished. Let's face it, the East are not going to be happy that Anthemius is dead. Nope. The West have two people who have just revolted, Ricimer and Olibrius, and then they both drop down dead. <laughs> so the East are still unhappy with the West, and the mm. West no longer have the people who rebelled. They're just kind of hovering around looking slightly nervous now. It's like, <laughs> oh, are the East angry with us? It wasn't us, it was Ricimer. He's I, dead. I, I still have the image of the, the dying man on the, <laughs> yes, the table. Definitely. The, the West is... It's time has come. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we don't have enough sources to be sure of anything here, but we can speculate that there would have been some who wanted to ask Leo for help and choose a new emperor. Okay. Just go grovelling back to the east, essentially. Yeah, please. We're really sorry. Shouldn't have revolted again. <laughs> However, it seems more likely that a larger faction would have been fed up with the east by this point. Remember, Anthemius was not well liked with his eastern ways, yeah. and the failed attack against the Vandals must have <laughs> bolstered the West's opinion that they were better off without eastern influence. Yeah. These easterners lording it over us think they're so cool, they're not. with their metal armour. <laughs> and their real horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just showing off. Look at him there. <laughs> Look at him, he's even got a sword. <laughs> <laughs> Who they think they are. <laughs> so most were probably calling for one of their own to be selected. A good old Westerner. That's what they needed. Yeah. Another factor to take into consideration here is the army, or rather the lack of it. <laughs> As you have seen over the last few episodes, Rome is fast running out of troops. Mm. Majorian, remember, hired that mercenary army, yeah. scraped together the last of the cash and put the navy together. <laughs> Yay. The navy's gone, and he had to then fire the mercenary army. Those few forces and ships that Marcellinus had. Remember, Marcellinus was on Sicily, yeah. ready to do the other prong yeah, of the invasion. Yeah. So they still had those ships mm. until they had tried to attack the Vandals and yeah. lost yeah. all those ships yeah. under Anthemius. Mm. So they're all gone. Mm. All the armies are gone. Yeah. Everything is gone. So it's basically now Jeff with a cardboard cutout sword yeah. in his pants. 
And by pants, I mean underwear. Yeah. British pants, not British American pants. pants. Just holding, at soldiering the dummies book upside down. <laughs> That's all they have. It's, it's starting to rain, so his sword's getting all floppy. Yeah. It's <laughs> drooping over. That's all they've got. Oh, and the Imperial Guard. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've still got the Imperial okay, Guard. Okay, that's all right then. Yes. So Jeff's the first line of defence. <laughs> yes. You stand in front of the guard, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit like a canary in a mine. <laughs> yes. He's on a rope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Send him outside of the wall, see what happens to him. <laughs> Send him out, comes back in. He's still alive, it's okay. Yeah. Until one day they just pull on the rope and then comes a couple of shards of bones. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeff's dead. Send <laughs> the next Jeff. Send his son. So, because the West is so few on men at this point, they need some help. And there is, if you remember, a large presence of Burgundians. Yes. Because Rickamer was very close with the Burgundians. And in fact, his nephew was a, the heir to the Burgundian throne. Okay. So, Gundabad is down there leading loads of Burgundian troops. Well, that means it'll be fine, everything will be sorted out. So, well, hey. Now, any other troops around would have been hired personally by generals who had a vested interest in seeing the West, uh, Westerner on the throne. Yeah. Gundabad himself would have wanted a Westerner on the throne. Far more easy to manipulate a Westerner than someone who's got Leo's backing. Yeah, yeah. and with intelligence. Yeah. So all this is leading to a situation where everyone in the West want a Westerner on the throne. And it also leads to a point where Gundabad is the most powerful person in the West. Huh. Many historians simply say that Gundabad chose Glycerius to be his puppet. You'll do. You're a Westerner. <laughs> he just looked up one day looking around for a Roman noble. Uh, you there? Me? <laughs> you look great in purple. <laughs> yes. Some people argue that Gundabad realised that he needed a popular Western senator to placate the remaining Western generals. Yeah. So you couldn't pick anyone, and Glycerius was quite popular, so that's why... Well, he's been a, a general, hasn't he? Yes, exactly. But maybe not a very successful one, because they've been losing, hasn't <laughs> they? Everyone's been losing. That's true. <laughs> Others point out that the only troops able to resist Gundabad and his Burgundian troops at this point would have been the Imperial Guard, mm. so a pact was made. So we've got everything ranging from Gundabad chooses Glycerius as a puppet completely, or actually it was more the two of them get together and decide we're the only people with men, let's rule together. We don't really know where on the scale this is. Mm. It, it feels to me like it's more puppety. Okay. That's what I'm getting the impression of. I'll say we're going to the details and you can decide, but there are no details. Okay. <laughs> but we're, we'll get to the end and you can decide. Okay. okay. Either way, in March 473, with the West fed up of the East, not waiting for Leo to respond, announced that Glycerius, the old head of the Imperial Guard, is now Emperor of the West. Yeah. I think he's very excited about it. Or do you think he was told by the Gundabad, this is a job for life? <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> so, first things first, news is sent to the east. By the way, guys, we've got a new emperor over here. No need to send one yourselves. Yeah, everything's fine. No, we're fine. We're all good. No one was surprised to learn that Leo was not happy with this arrangement. <laughs> Leo had invested a lot in trying to take over the east politically, with Anthemius and getting marriages sorted. Yeah. And all of that's fallen apart. However, Leo, by this point, is 71. Wow. Yes, and was preoccupied 
by failing health. Oh. Yeah. It appeared that the East was not going to challenge the ascension of Glycerius for this very reason, and everyone in the West let out a huge sigh of relief. <sighs> got away with that one. <laughs> then a letter arrives. Hello, sir. The Gothic king Yorick had sent a force to invade Italy. Oh, dear. Everyone howled their breath. And guessing there's only one thing they wanted to know. What was the name of the general leading them? <laughs> or in short, has he sent General Victorious? <laughs> please, please not General Victorious. <laughs> Turned out that the general invading was not Victorious. It was Vincentius. And everyone, everyone let out another sigh of relief. Ooh, it's a good name, though. It's a good name, but it's not General Victorious, is it? <laughs> That's amazing, though. <laughs> it's brilliant. It is, yeah. So, Gundabad put together some troops to go and take on this invasion. Remember, the Goths are coming in strong at this point. They've got to do something about them. I mean, straight away, that's telling me that Gundabad's in control. He's officially in control of the armies, yes. Yeah. He's master of the armies. So he's in control. Well, yeah. <laughs> Everyone was very relieved when news came back of their victory. Wow. Gundabad has beaten the Goths. Which is great. Sources here are so scarce, however, that we have no idea to the size of this battle. Not really sure where it took place, or when it took place. So who, where, what, when and why? No, all we know is that Gundabad managed to beat some Goths at some point around this time. Okay. For all we know, it was six men and a club. <laughs> uh, we just don't know. But there was some victory against the Goths. See, maybe by this time they were getting more pacif pacifist style, kind of like, you know, we should stop all the killing. It's a game of chess. Oh, nice. But still on an open battlefield. Yes. Yeah. 6,000 men on each side <laughs> yeah. watching the two ladies have basically have a game of chess. Nice, I like it. Mm. Or whispering about what move they'd do. No, not chess. Twister. <laughs> yes. Definitely. It's, well, it's quicker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get, get, get it sorted. Leaders. Yeah, exactly. And all of them playing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Are you envisioning a giant twister mat or everyone trying to play on a normal twister mat? <laughs> I already have the top generals playing on a small twist, like 50 generals playing on yeah, a twister mat, that and the rest of the army on a massive field-sized twister board. Everyone's all twisted round and yeah. there's just a small cuff and everyone cranes their neck round to look and they're just standing there looking looking mighty as General Victorious. He's, he's spinning the spinner. Oh, yes. Yeah, you would do that. Yeah, okay, so that's what happened there. Gundabad won. He's, Brilliant. he's flexible as Gundabad. <laughs> he did all right. That years of training the Russian ballet helped. Yes, exactly. <laughs> However, it turns out that all this was a cunning diversion by Yorick, oh, oh, which yeah. they probably should have guessed when the twister was pulled out. <laughs> look, Romans, look, twister! <laughs> I bet you can't beat us. <laughs> but we can. Yeah. <laughs> Because Yorick was actually more interested in pushing into the rest of Gaul, Ooh. keeping Gundabad's troops busy. With Gundabad busy attempting to settle Italy and his generals fighting, the Goths were able to take Arles and Marseille. Oh. These two cities were hugely important to Gaul at the time, and this essentially means that Gaul is now finally lost to the Empire. Oh no. They've got a sliver in the middle. <laughs> But, oh, that little corridor is still there. 
Yeah, but it, it's it's smaller than it used to be. It really is an embarrassment to the slither. It's more of a road. Yeah. <laughs> that they pay taxes on to the gods. <laughs> yes. So that's it. I mean, that's all they've got. But to all intents and purposes, the empire in the West is now Italy. So it's not really an empire now, is it? You could it's argue more that. <laughs> yeah. So he's not an emperor. He's a leader? Oh, well, we will discuss that. We will okay. next week. All right. We'll do it. Yeah. But it is interesting to note that the West is now technically smaller than current day Italy <laughs> because they haven't got Sicily. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's insane. It's not good, is it? So, modern day Italy, Berlusconi is more successful than Glycerius. <laughs> and that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, they have got some little <laughs> bits north of the Alps, and Dalmatia is. A grey area at this moment. Yeah, but that's like saying, you but, know, the UK still has Canada because it's about the Commonwealth. It really, it's just Jamie. Just there. We all know we still have Canada. Well, yeah, we they don't. Though. We just don't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> still got the US as well. Exactly. We never ratified that independence thing. Totally fought them over that. Still so yeah. <laughs> God, they even let their own presidents. <laughs> well, they think. They think. <laughs> anyway, at this point. Back in Ravenna slash Rome. No idea where people are at this point. It's what I need to do. Yeah. So should, which, which, which city's capital? Does it matter? <laughs> it's all falling apart. <laughs> Just going to go into that barn there. That can be the capital. <laughs> Move the cow. <laughs> So in the capital barn, someone's just put a map up. <laughs> They're crossing out sections of the empire. Commits off the posters. Yeah. Lost that. Lost just a that. Boot left. Yeah. And then news comes through: the Ostrogoths, <gasps> who by this point were ranging around the Danube area in the same way that the Visigoths under Alaric had. Yeah. You remember they they just wandered around the Danube for a while trying to get influence. Well, the Ostrogoths have been doing this for a while. We'll cover that more in Neo's episode. Mm-hmm. But what we need to know for this story is that a group under a man named Vidimir suddenly invades Italy. Ooh. Which isn't what you want, really. You almost got to ask, well, why? What's the point? There's nothing there. That's up for grabs. You've still got some very rich cities in Italy. Oh, well, yeah, true. Okay, I mean, yeah. okay, they have been sacked several times recently. But, I mean, there's still, still bound to be something behind the sofas. <laughs> so, <laughs> Empty out your pocket. <laughs> yeah. So it's still worth trying to get Italy if you can, but it's certainly not what it used to be. At this point, the Chrysler is just going, right, send the army to defend them. Jeff, <laughs> off you go. Not that way. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the closet. <laughs> Why has he not come out yet? <laughs> you must have realised by now that's the closet. I think he thinks it's night time. <laughs> He's opened the door, he's just sitting there asleep. <laughs> Stood up against the wall. Just hugging his cardboard sword. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to miss Jeff. <laughs> anyway, Glycerius and Gundabad realise they cannot fight both the Visigoths under Yorick. Remember, I've been calling the Visigoths just the Goths because they're the main ones in our story, but yeah. they're also known as the Visigoths. So they can't fight the Visigoths under Yorick and this contingent of Ostrogoths at the same time. Yeah. It's just not possible. So they come up with a cunning plan. Oh dear. Rome scraped together whatever money they have. <laughs> There's nothing left. There's nothing left. But Sell really the statues. <laughs> Sell everything. They approach Vidimir, who very confusingly is not the Vidimir who invaded. What? 
yeah, he died, but Vidimir replaced him. So I don't think many people noticed. <laughs> we think it's his son. Anyway, they approach Vidimir and just say, here, have this money. We know it's not a lot. <laughs> Sorry, it's all we can afford at the moment. But to make up for it, we will give you some land. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, they're going to give away somebody else's land. Or the land that the other goths are fighting over. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. sneaky. Which isn't someone else's land. It's their land. It's Roman True. land. The Goths are horrible people who are invading it. So give it to the Ostrogoths. <gasps> That's like saying you can rent out the apartment. You can have this room in my house. The trouble is it is infested with rats and you will need to clean it out beforehand. Yeah, a little bit like that. Nice. Clever, right? That is clever. Yeah. However? Well, Vidimir takes the bait. Oh, nice. Takes the money. Heads into Gaul with his pockets full. Well, well, clinking <laughs> <laughs> slightly more. Than yeah, before. bit of loose change in his pockets. <laughs> Once there, it did not take long before Vidimir bumps into the Visigoths. They take one look at each other, pull out their swords, rest them against the wall, pull out the benches, and have a big party. All the gossip together. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rome's plan had backfired spectacularly. <laughs> oh, dear. The Goths just joined forces. <laughs> Massive Goth picnic. Yes. It's like the Download Festival. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. It's, oh, it's, it's such a shame. It's such a clever plan. It just didn't work. <laughs> oh, and it's all they had as well. It's all they had, Yeah. They had to try something. They tried something, but all they ended up doing was providing Yorick with reinforcements. Oh. Because <laughs> now, now the, their capital barn... Yeah. ...is being held up with, like, two screws. They took the rest out <laughs> to melt them down into money. Yeah, the next breezy day, the whole thing's falling <sighs> over. Yeah. It's not good. Glycerius realised that now was not the time to be holding grudges with the East... So he writes a letter attempting to smooth things over with Leo. He'd not declared himself consul for the year, for a start, which was traditional, in an attempt to please Leo. That's good. Yeah, That's so... good thinking. Good thinking. Leo had other things on his mind, however, because he had dysentery. Oh! And he was dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes. So Leo had died. Remember someone telling you, like, trying to describe dysentery, dysentery to me once? Oh dear. Is that it's like it's like diarrhea but faster, thicker and more deadly. <laughs> yeah. So Leo's dead. News comes through. Oh. Oh spoiler for season two, well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean we could have had Leo in this season, uh, because he does die before the end of this season, but it just makes things neat. The Empire's uh, split now, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. And it's go... not on the poster. Yeah, he's not on the poster exactly, so yeah. Obviously, we're getting to exactly what happened with Leo in season two, but we need a quick idea of what's happening in the East to make sense of how it affects the West. Leo's daughter had a son called Leo II. So Leo II is Leo's grandson. Okay. He was very young, around seven, and made emperor. Okay. But obviously this can't work. So Leo II's father, so the son-in-law of Leo... Yeah. A man named Zeno was placed oh. in charge. Yes. Zeno had a choice to make. Does he support Glycerius or not? I think at this point, cut your losses. What's the point? You've got other things to worry about. So just leave him to it. Yeah. 
say you're dying anyway. I don't care anymore. <laughs> not not quite. Not quite what he decides to do. Aww. Zeno decided that actually having the West back's a nice idea. Having control over the West would be even better. Wouldn't be good if I had someone who I could control over there in charge. Oh. So he looks around for a puppet to send. So he's almost trying to usurp Glycerius then? <laughs> Not o- even almost trying. Oh, Zeo decides to usurp okay. Glycerius. He looks around and in Dalmatia was a promising man in his 40s called Julius Nepos. Okay. The son of Nepotianus, or the Nepos <laughs> we've been talking about before. Oh yeah. If you remember. Yes, he was also the nephew of Marcellinus. And he'd taken over the area okay. after Marcellinus's death. So, he was currently impressing people in Dalmatia. Why not send him west and take the throne off Glycerius? Thinks Zeno. Back in the west, Gundabad and Glycerius were attempting to secure the Alps in an attempt to desperately stop the Goths coming into Italy. <laughs> Build a wall! Yeah, again, it's, it's back to pushing furniture in all the gaps. Yeah. It's like to stop them coming in. <laughs> it would have been around this time that they heard that Leo was dead. News would have finally reached them at this point. They would have also heard that Nepos was on his way with an army. Oh dear. That's good in a way. And they were actually, well, they're bringing men with them. That seems better than the situation you currently have. Well, it's around this time that Gundabad suddenly decides to go back to the Burgundians. Uh-oh. So he just leaves. Oh. <laughs> That's probably what Glycerius says. <laughs> um... <laughs> Right, Jeff, it's you and me. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. <laughs> Stop weeping. <laughs> Pick up that shield or the plate. Now, there are a couple of theories why Gundabad left. One, well, you get to choose here. He does a runner because he was scared. Two, his father had just died. As far as we can tell, that's true. And he was simply returning to claim the Burgundian throne. Remember, he was the heir, along with his brothers. It's a bit complicated and we don't need to get into that. But essentially, he was going home to become the king. Okay. Three, Glycerius and Gundabad had planned this. Glycerius would defend Italy and Gundabad would go north of the Alps to defend what slithers of land they had left in Gaul. Yeah, but didn't he? He was left halfway through. He left Italy. He went into Gaul, where the Burgundians are. Um, so maybe he went north of the Alps to collect more men from where the Burgundians were okay. to fight in Gaul. Okay. So, to sum up, he was a coward, he was opportunistic, or he was doing right by Rome. Which one do you think? Number two. You think he was going home to claim the throne? Yeah, he's, he's always been opportunistic, hasn't he? Possibly. I mean, there is some evidence that actually he was planning to fight, and we'll see more of that in the next episode. Uh, but it's hard to tell. I think a mixture of two and three. I don't mm. think he was running away scared. Well, no, he's... No. I, I, I'm not seeing not that cool. myself. No. But I think, yeah, go back, claim mm. the throne, do a bit of fighting north of the Alps. Glycerius, you've got this with Nepos, haven't you? You're not going to lose or anything. <laughs> Either way, however, Glycerius finds himself alone. And he moves to Rome at this point. He figured that Nepos was going to come onto the east coast of Italy, land near Ravenna, and take the capital. So the obvious open door route. Yeah, so he goes to Rome instead, which is on the opposite coast. He'll be a bit more protected there, he thinks. (laughs) Good plan? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you're Nepos and you receive word that Glycerius has actually gone to Rome and you're in your ships... 
and you're sailing towards the east coast of Italy, what would you do? Go to the west coast. Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he just sails around Italy and he goes yeah. to the west coast instead. Nice tour of southern Italy. Stop. The city of Vecchia. Yeah, it's nice. Though. An hour down to Rome. Pick up some limoncello. Ooh. Yeah, tasty. What's, the, oh, what's it called? Gelato. Not gelato, no. Ice, ice stuff. It's so amazing. Ice cream. <laughs> no, it's basically just slush, but it's the lemon is absolutely phenomenally good. Slush puppy. Basically, it's a slush puppy. But it's got a proper Italian name. Oh, and right. it's, it's they use fresh lemons in it. It's absolutely beautiful. I on, on my honeymoon, I can have enough of it. It's, oh, sounds nice. I forgot what it's called. Because you know you get a normal slush puppy. Because I've been to Italy since. Yeah. And it's always been not as good because it's yeah. been like fake lemon flavor. Yeah. Like they're basically lemon juice or squash. Yeah. But this, but this was original sauce, it was, it was so good. Oh, that does sound began, good. It began with a G, but I can't remember what it's called. Oh. If you know, send me a postcard. Yeah. Well, I think Nepos got off the boat at Ostia, yeah. just down the road from Rome, picked up some of them. Yeah. They were all slurping on some of those <laughs> as they sauntered towards Rome. I imagine, yeah, I imagine he's actually walking, pulling his horse. He takes a sip, passes it over, horse has a sip from his trot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. exactly. Nice, nice jaunt. Yeah. Now, for some reason, Glycerius was not expecting Nepos to just simply sail around Italy and was caught completely unaware. <laughs> Damn, my plan failed. <laughs> he just wakes up one morning and sees Nepos and his army outside the gates. Louis. Yeah. Glycerius realises all he has is Jeff... So, he gives up without a fight. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I give up. <laughs> what do you do here? He was stripped of the purple. But yeah. what to do with Glycerius? Then just let him go. You're nothing. You're not important to me. However, honour would dictate, you know, kill him. Well, no, you're right, the first part. Oh. Yeah, it, we have got to the point now where people <clears throat> can't even be bothered to execute them. <laughs> I don't want to stain my sword. <laughs> Yeah, it's a case of, you're not worth executing, Glycerius. You're really not. So Nepos, I mean, perhaps he realised that the West already resented the East quite a bit. Yeah. And certainly this would have been seen as an Eastern invasion. So maybe executing Glycerius would have turned him into a martyr. Maybe he was trying to avoid that. Maybe he just couldn't be bothered. Who <laughs> knows? But either way, Glycerius is turned into a bishop in a magical ceremony. Turn you into worship. Point. <laughs> I'll put Glycerius in this box. Want to lift the lid? He will be a bishop. Yeah. That's fun for all the family. Yes, he became the Bishop of Salonia, which is in Dalmatia. So he was just sent packing back to Dalmatia where Nepos had come from. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> just think he's just kind of thinking on the way, I'm not even religious. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you bishop? <laughs> <laughs> What's this silly hat? Now, we're not sure what happens to him after this. Most agree that he dies shortly afterwards in Salonia, but we don't know how or when. According to one source, he is involved in Nepos' death, but we'll get into that in Nepos' episode. Ooh. But there you go. He might die at some point after this. I love, I'm loving the concrete, solid details we're getting. It's great. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's Glycerius. He was born at some point, and at some point he died. We know he definitely died. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> that is However, a fact. we don't know when. <laughs> No, we don't know when or where. Probably in Salonia. I mean, he was, he was deposed, but he wasn't even executed. It's um, embarrassing, isn't it? It's, uh, I mean, when you are following someone like Alibrius, surely you'd be going into the job rubbing your hands thinking, I can't be worse than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had some savvy, though. 
Actually, no, no, he did. He, he, he tried some things. He did try some things. Massively well, failed, though. Let, so. let's, let's rate him, then, shall we? Oh, man. Fightius Maximus. I'm tempted to give him a one yep. for trying the idea. Because it was a clever idea. Well, don't forget, um, there was that battle that we have literally no details on. We don't know the size, and it might have been a game at Twister. But Gundabad won it. That's true. So, he's so he won. I'm going to give him a point for that. Okay. I'll give him a point for the thing. So, two? Two. There you go. <laughs> well done, you're already beating most of the other emperors recently. Mm. Yeah, so he has beaten Olivius. Well done. Wow. Yeah. Next. Approvium Crazium. I've got a quote. Mm. <laughs> One of the few quotes about Glycerius. Nepos, well it's actually about Nepos, but it mentions him. <laughs> Nepos deposed Glycerius, who had imposed himself upon the empire in a tyrannical manner. Well, I think it's slightly biased. Yeah, um, it's it's biased. But but zero. someone called him a tyrant. Uh, zero. Yeah, zero. Success ultimus. I've got another quote. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no. One source mentions. Right, get this. He did numerous things for the well-being of many people. Good, nice. I'm gonna give him a point for that. I'm not. Fair enough. One. One. <laughs> Oh, actually, no, no, no. He tried the thing with the goths, and that was actually quite clever. Yeah, but it failed, so it wasn't successful. One. Image of What's he look like? See, last emperor, he was facing forwards, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> he looks a bit dazed. He says big, scary eyes. Like big, scary eyes. Sad. Right, you are sorry, he's not facing forward. Ah, oh, man. There he is. Oh, he's quite burly looking. Is that yeah. a beard? I, I see the scratchy scratches, or yeah. beard, but... No, it goes to his eye. It must be a scratch. He's quite a handsome chap for a coin, isn't he? He is, actually. He's, He's got a good, solid jaw. Straight hair as well. Oh, it's yeah. curly and wavy. He's yeah. quite dishy. Beatles haircut as well. <laughs> it is a Beatles haircut. Um, and he appears to have what looks like a snake curved around and chewing on his ear. Yeah, it does a bit. I, I'm, I'm genuinely actually quite impressed by his I coin. Do. I love... Look at the detail on the robes as well. That's really good. Yeah. That's a lot of detail. And on the edge of the coins, you don't often get that because they usually like being chipped, chipped away, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, again... Oh, I like that. We have we are going down the road of judging the coin maker's ability, maybe, but uh, I'm impressed. And also, you're going to be pleased, you're going to be pleased, because <gasps> on the reverse... Ant-Man! Ant-Man's back, but he's slightly different look. So he's got clawed feet. Yeah. He's got a weird... Well, you know how usually he's standing on a skull? Yeah. The skull's gone, look. He seems to be standing on, like, a cat or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure what that is. He didn't like cats. Right? Yeah. Uh, he's got like an angel perched on his deformed hand. Yeah. Or was that a club? I don't know. But anyway, Ant-Man slash Alien's back, which yes. is nice. That is nice. I like yeah. that. So yeah, I I am actually mightily impressed with this, this coin. He looks like a good emperor. Yeah, this... I mean, it looks like the kind of coin that, I don't know, Constantius III or someone should have had. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going high. I'm going to go for... Possibly the highest I'm ever going to go for a coin. That's an eight. Go for an eight. I'm very impressed wow. with this coin. I'm, it's got Ant-Man. I'm not going to go as high as eight. It's got, got him looking stern. Actually, no. No, I'm going to match it. You are. Easy okay. to divide as well. But, also because, <laughs> but no, because you're right. It, it, as, as, like if, if that was a statue, yeah. he would be hot. Yeah, yeah. We'd be all over him going, oh, yeah, he's he looks strong. He looks... He, he, he's better than his description. I would say, as a straight man, I've never fancied a depiction of another man on a coin quite so much. <laughs> so, 
So 16 divided by 4 is 4. Well done, Glycerius. That's, that's pretty much doubled his points, hasn't it? Mm. Oh, goes to show, have a good coin. <laughs> if you're that bad an emperor, you're going to score something, because believe me... He's, he's on 7 at the moment. He's not scoring in this next round. Oh. Temple completed. What do you think? A couple of months. March 473 to June 474. That is a total of 15 months. Uh, yeah. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. That gives him a score of 0 0.16 for Tempo Completo. And a final score of 7.16. Wow. Which means he's better than Alibrius. He's better than Severus. He's better than Avitus. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, he only got that though on his looks. Oh, well, yeah. Well, there you go. But you never know. Maybe that coin's enough for him to get to Genet César. It could be. It could be. Let's find out. Do they have a certain Genet César? No. No, it's not, is no, it? No. So that's a no Genet César. <laughs> well, there we go. That was a bit sad. Yeah. Okay, a couple of thanks for this week. Thank you to Simonockwell. Simonockwell? Simonock... Simonockwell. Well, thank you very much yeah. for joining our Senate. And also, thank you to... Charlie Neckaston Scott. Charleston? Charlene... Charlene. Charlene, Charlene Chaston Scott. Scott. Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> thank you very much also for joining, <laughs> joining Reading with Rob and Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so thank you for joining our Senate. And also, we've got a review today. Ooh, brilliant. What does, Actually, it say? what does it say? We've got a couple, um, but the way that my notes have saved, um, one's covered. So, um, <sighs> sorry, Browley222, history for everyone. I can't see your review. We'll read that one out next week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, very kind of you to leave a review. But we do have one titled, Haven't Stopped Laughing, Five Stars by Suamanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonanonan
So, thank you to everyone who is helping to contribute to our podcast in some way or form. Just before we go this week, we have a correction to make. Oh, yeah, I can hear the music already. Yeah, that's the music coming on in the background. We were far too kind to Olibrius. <laughs> I foolishly entered his length of reign of seven months into our spreadsheet as seven years. Oh. Which gave him a hugely inflated tempo completo score. His original score last week was 0.88 for tempo completo. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yes. He only deserved 0.08. So the score we gave him last week of 1.38 is wrong. And he actually scored a mighty total of 0.58. Oh, man. Which is four hundredths above Hostilian. So okay. he's not as bad as Hostilian. Well, that's, that's and something. Obviously, he's no Quintilus. Certainly not. No. Uh, but he is our third worst. Mm. Well, I don't know, Librius. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's the correction. And I think that's all we need to say this week, apart from the fact we are releasing two episodes this week. Wait. So stay tuned for Nepos. And until a few minutes' time... My sword's all soggy. It's gone all floppy. Goodbye. Goodbye. We will fight this battle in the way that's been done for years that probably will never be recorded in history. Romans! Right leg, green! Goths! Left arm, yellow! Romans! Left arm, blue! Goths! Put your nose on orange! Uh...